Welcome to another episode of In a World Podcast with your host, me, Mary Wynn. It's actually a special episode, Adam. Oh, yeah? Because it's a two-parter. Oh. Because the fucking movie I accidentally chose for today is three hours long. That's uh, that's the longest one you've done so far, right? And it, it, I nearly died. I don't know about how my guests did it. <laughs> my And my guest today is Drew. Hello. How I'm you- Drew. I love this movie with all my heart, and uh, you're about to hear a lot of that. Oh, no. And it's it's true that uh, you and Kaylee are roommates, correct? Yeah, me and Kaylee okay. are roommates. She did prep me for... This is some type of weird conspiracy to overthrow Mary's yeah, she, uh, show. I, yeah, we're both excited to like come on your podcast where we talk about bomb movies. Like, these <laughs> movies are the bomb, and like I want to talk about fucking great films on your podcast. I think it's and, a great platform. And uh, Kaylee, the Kaylee that he is, uh, Adam is referring to is the one from episode four kaylee follett and she fucking terrified both of us <laughs> very much so <laughs> and if you want to hear a scared mary and adam you should listen to episode four yeah anyways today the movie i chose was the postman the postman the postman, the postman. oh my god it, it starts now the postman then it's a 1997 it is a very much a 1997 film I disagree. I think it's a timeless film. Uh, although it is set in 2013, yeah. I feel like it is still a timeless film. Okay, let's get into the nitty gritties, if you please. It's directed by none other than Kevin Costner, starring Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. And usually I like to go into the backgrounds of like uh, these actors and directors, but you, Kevin Costner needs no IMDb check. You know what I mean? Like, everybody no, should know who Kevin Costner is. Yeah. He's, he's great. Robin Hood. Yeah. I just want to say the reason why they let him direct a movie of this caliber, because this is just after Waterworld, which to a lot of people also feel like is a tank. But if you look at the international sales, Waterworld did great. Oh, my god! And so they were like, he wants to do another uh-huh. post-apocalyptic movie, except there's no water. This seems a lot easier to do. Let's let him do it. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, funny thing you brought up about Waterworld. This, uh, the crew referred to this film as Dirt World. <laughs> yes, they did. It did open up in a Dirt World, which we will get into. Um, so it is. this film is based on a book. Mm-hmm. Loosely oh, based no. on a book. Loosely, very loosely. Super loosely based on a book. It's like they took, I don't know, a little bit of the book, and they were like, I like this idea. Let's make another movie, though. <laughs> So, and the budget for the film, for this three-hour, I don't know how to describe this film. uh, Post-apocalyptic thrill ride featuring hope, joy, and love. Everything you need in life. Also a sense of community. Sure, Drew. Um, The budget for it was $80 million. Wow. Holy shit. It's 1997 money? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is probably like, I can't remember. I think this is the biggest budget we've covered. Yeah. Second one was Practical Magic, which was $75 million. That was $75 million. (laughs) Um, And the box office is $17.6 million. Big hit. That's not good. Big hit. (laughs) That's not, I mean, I can't contend with that. Financially speaking, this movie was not a success. 
I bet you if they called it Dirt World, it probably would have done better. Yeah, it probably would have. Yeah. I wonder how it did internationally. I don't know. I can't tell you that. You're not a fan, Drew. Of the international sales? <laughs> yeah. I think that includes, uh, or is the 17 is just the domestic? Should... Maybe it's domestic. I did not look too hard into this. Was because... that just 1997 too, or was it? Probably, probably. They probably didn't include the Google Yeah, they buys. probably made their money back by now because yeah. like it's a timeless film. <laughs> And everybody still watches it. I literally, when you asked me to do this podcast, I had just watched it on HBO Go. Like, no. I had watched it on HBO Go. And I was like, fuck yeah, it's still on there. And then they took it off. So I <laughs> went back and I bought this film. I bought it because I will watch it on any plane ride I have from now on. So oh. you contributed to the all-time worldwide box office of $20 million. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> So it's only made three million since nineteen ninety seven. It's not wow. his most famous movie. It's, like it's not. And let's be honest, the post office is boring and they made it fun <laughs> and entertaining. Like when you think you're like, I'm not gonna I I know. I don't want to watch a movie about a postal worker. Okay, let's get into what this what we what this podcast is about. Um, so, yeah. It's about you bomb have... fucking movies, dude, which is what this is, baby. That's what this, that's what I'm here for. And oh, we, we got, have... I think you might have it wrong, Drew. I read, it, I read your description. This is like, movies that are bomb. <laughs> we have two episodes of this. Okay. <laughs> so, my pitch for um, this film to fix it is because when I heard... I read The Postman starring Kevin Costner. I did not picture a post-apocalyptic film. Mm -hmm. I pictured, like, I just had this, like, kind of chipper song with Mr. Postman, bring me a dream, Uh blah, 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 kind of thing. Even though uh, that's not even the song. Um, So my pitch is... Hey, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. I think that's the song. I also want to point out that there's many live songs sung in this film. Neither of those are (laughs) one of the songs. And both of them should have been in this film, and it would have made... uh, It would have worked. I know. Tom Petty is in this fucking movie. There is so uh, much. Wait, okay. Wait, yeah. Okay. We got to say that. something very interesting about that, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Right, um, so my pitch is that we keep everything. We keep the post-apocalypse organ uh, of it all. But it's through a Wes Anderson lens where oh. it's a little quirky. And Owen Wilson is the main character as a hapless postman that gets thrown into a war he did not want to be a part of. So it's a little bit of uh, Behind Enemy Lines with Owen Wilson. Yeah. And then uh, maybe... Fun fact about Behind Enemy Lines, I was watching that movie when my parents told me they were getting a divorce. (laughs) So I can't watch that movie anymore. So you were Behind Enemy Lines. I was... I was in the trenches. Drew! I was having such a joyful moment watching Behind Enemy Lines for the third time. And they were like, we got to talk to you, buddy. You have great taste in films. <laughs> I do. Drew. So it's still post-apocalyptic? Yes, it's still post-apocalyptic. And my pitch, what is your pitch for this film? And do not take the Kaylee route where to make it longer and terrible. No, 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 no. It's as long as it should be. This is my pitch. There is a few shots where the CGI is a little wonky. We update that, and then we re-release it <laughs> right now. We don't even change. We, we change the year. Instead of 2013, it's, 20, it's 2023. Oh. That's <laughs> you- all we change. To me, this is a perfect film. I don't know. Maybe we just shoot the whole goddamn thing over again, frame for frame. With in the Kevin exact Costner? timeline. Uh, yes. Yes. He is 
an adult male that is goofy and it works. It just works. Like Owen Wilson does it and his brand is like, I'm goofy, but Kevin Costner is like, I'm a serious actor, but I'm going to have fun with this mule. <laughs> like, we're going to do some hijinks. Okay, let's get into the actual film, shall we? Since we have two parts to this. This is part one, everybody, and here we go. Um, so it opens on a street rat-looking Kevin Costner with a donkey named Bill, mm -hmm. which we find out very later, very much later in the film. There's a radio voiceover with shootings and sirens, and it says, Rise of Hate Crimes. I missed that part. You missed that part? I was focused on the lion, which was in the next shot. Yes. Okay, so there's like a, a um, lettering to indicate what year and where we are. It's 2013. The Great Salt Flake, uh, Salt Flat Lands, which is like a wasteland. Mm-hmm. And then it shows Kevin Costner kicking a can. And then there's a voiceover of his daughter. Mm -hmm. And then with, he, she's explaining all this exposition as to what happened to our world as we know it. And then the one shot of a lion licking a ham. It's not a ham. It's a skull. Is it a skull? And he's just moving around with his nose. It's a skull. Is it? I, yeah. It looked like a ham to me. It's a skull. And you're just looking at this lion going, what the fuck is this lion? Like, who is this lion? Is this Kevin Costner? Is Kevin Costner a lion in this movie? Is the lion going to come back? Yes, the lion will come back 45 minutes later for two minutes. And then <laughs> that's it. I wonder if, how much budget was budgeted for this lion because he, he was kind of important. This I is guess. part of the wonky CGI. So yeah. if you look at it, you're like, oh, it's a, this it's is a fake lion. It's a real lion, but it's like a fake backdrop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the weird thing is that nothing else is dustland. You know what I mean? For the rest of the film, that was the only. It was like the dustiest part. Yeah. I, I mean, where, um, where the wholeness in their mind, it's like a giant dust mine. <laughs> And it's not a mine. I'm sorry. It's a quarry. Oh, my gosh. Stop trying to defend this movie, Drew. I will defend this movie until I die. Okay. We get move on. Kevin Costner is alone. And then he comes upon, like, this, like, defunct, like, a... Uh, gas station. Gas station, yes. And the donkey named Bill. If we're going to keep talking about Bill, he's a mule. Is he? Oh, fuck. I keep on... It's a, it's a breed between... A, a donkey, a donkey and, and a, a horse. horse. Yes, he is a mule, which is very important for some reason. Because they can't breed and they can't. There's only one of them. So yeah, you're stuck with it. Yeah. Um, so the mule named Bill tries to drink water and he mm -hmm. shoes it away, mm -hmm. and then he has because he has to test the water. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is literally the top like five minutes of this film is thrown out the window. The importance of this world where, like, no, you can't drink the water. Yeah, that's true. You're very right. Because later he jumps into water. <laughs> yes, he literally jumps into a river. But then he says, like, the rains are back. The water is showing us clear. When we see the line, when we see the line at the top, it's also raining where the lion is. Yeah. There's a lot going. There's a lot. There's, like, this is a dense three-hour movie. This is not the Avengers where it's flashy for three hours. This is thick. You're in the thickness with this movie whoa buddy you're comparing this movie to avengers right I, now yeah i'm gonna do that for the rest of this time <laughs> okay so he gets into the gas station and finds a tv and he acts like it works 
Yeah. And like it has like this weird like like voiceover slash like I don't know, sound imagery. It is the only flashback in the film. Yes. And it happens in the beginning. And it's just to flashback to like what it was like at this gas station once upon a time because he hears this dinging. Yes. He's like, hey, hey, Bill. We, also, our main character doesn't have a name but is later referred to as Shakespeare. So the fact that it's... And or the postman. And or the postman. Mm-hmm. But at first it's Shakespeare. Yes. Um. So he finds some like cigarettes and exclaims he's rich for mm-hmm. having the cigarettes. And then so... He moves on and he goes to a settlement. We also never see him smoke those cigarettes. Yes. And it was, again, like the first like 10 minutes of this film, like completely dropped. Like, yes. Through, uh, for the rest of the film. Um, it has no importance at all. He's just a lone wanderer who talks to his mule. Yes, exactly. And I mean, just imagine Owen Wilson doing that in my Wes Anderson cutesy postman version of this film. Yeah. It's pretty great, right? I'm saying I'm rich and stuff. That would yeah. be that'd be uh, pretty good. Uh, uh, I, I'm rich. Wow. <laughs> Cigarettes. <laughs> Bill. Wow. 138 <laughs> channels. Wow. It's working. Wow. Uh, okay, so the we... water's clean. Oh wow. Okay, I I opened the can I, I got the genie out of the bottle mm-hmm. and now I'm shoving it back in. Yeah, because uh-huh. it should be Kevin Kostner. <laughs> So he makes it to the settlement and he's like talking to Bill saying like, oh, yeah, we should avoid civilization, but we need to eat. Mm-hmm. So it and then it cuts to him doing a play in front of children. He is reenacting Shakespeare. Is it really Shakespeare? It is a loose version of Shakespeare because later when the when afterwards the lady pulls him inside and she goes, the children have never seen Shakespeare. And a very Kevin Costner line is, well, they still haven't. Yeah. Because it's. Quasi Shakespeare. Yeah. Also, we totally bolded over to the fact that name any movie where you see a man sword fight a mule pretty successfully. <laughs> yeah, he's. This is a, such a long drawn out scene of him like correcting the mule on how to like hold the sword. Yes. And then fighting with the mule, and then it falls over. I think the sword or the mule. The mule. I think the mule does fall over. Yes. Um. So it's hard to do. Afterwards, he as he's trying to eat before he couldn't eat like. The, this militia comes into town, mm-hmm. led by this general named General Bethlehem, and he demands men of 15 to 50 of suitable ethnic foundation to join the militia. Which, again, this is completely dropped. <laughs> like, this whole idea that this militia is full of white supremacists is not as important. It's just a subtle nod to the fact that he's like, Kind of like Hitler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty fascist. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's for the good of everybody, but I'm in charge. Yes. Nobody betray me. I'm also a great painter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. right? Yes. Yeah. He's monolith for Hitler for sure. Yeah. They all uh, wear red. <laughs> I could really, I could, let's get into this. Yeah. We'll get into it. Okay. So he find like one of, so they round up the men mm-hmm. and one of them is unacceptable because he is not of pure blood. Yeah. But it's a bait and switch because there's an obvious guy who is of African-American descent <laughs> and you're you're just like, well, it's going to be that guy. And then there's a guy who's like a little Asian. And they're like, this guy's definitely Asian. And you're like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah but so the African-American guy is kind of important. Mm-hmm. They don't name him. Nope. He comes back later. So remember that, listeners. He says six words in this movie. Yeah. And he is in it for 30, 35 minutes. <laughs> of this three-hour movie. Of this three-hour That's like a fourth of this movie. Yeah. Um. So he... um. 
so so he's like, I'm looking for the perfect man. And then he turns around. Because at this point when the militia comes in, Kevin Costner is trying to sneak the shit out. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to join. He's doing it in the worst way. Yeah. I'm like, everyone in this town is around. And you're off in the distance skirting. Like this General Bethlehem pulls some shit in this movie where I'm just like, no way you're this big of an idiot. Yeah. No fucking way. Literally, he just kind of like turns as he says, I'm looking for the perfect man in like literally points to Kevin Costner's and says, mm-hmm. yes, that's the perfect man. Yeah. It does that whole, like, not you, not you, the man off in the distance. Yeah. You. So they grab him and knock him out, yeah. as you do, and then, like, we cut to mounds of trash, mm-hmm. and then we- I want to refer to this as the first movie in this movie of three movies. <laughs> <laughs> they fly over mound, mounds of trash to a base. I think. Um, and there's textiles being dyed red, as you were talking. Mm-hmm. And then about, and then Kevin Costner watches as Bill is being, tra- like, broken, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that horse, like, when people try to break horses. But Bill is not having it. It's actually really, really sad. It's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. Like, if this was a dog, people would, like, into this movie, and they would be like, I'm out. I'm yeah, out. This is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So... And then we cut to, like, the general. He gives a speech to the new recruits. And um, Kevin Costner tells him what he did before he was... They um, were Shakespeare off. Yeah, yeah. Be, like, yeah. they before he getting captured. And then he, he said, like, oh, I acted in Shakespeare. And then the general does a line and gets a standing ovation. Yes. He, like, the men, his followers which are referred to as the wholeness, like have a m- brief moment where they're like, what do we do? And then they're like, let's clap. Yeah, it's like a, like a like a hearty golf clap. That's why I would describe it. The line is cry havoc and unleash the dogs of war or something along those lines. And it's, it's Caesar. Yeah. And it's um, it, their Shakespeare off is to be like, we're two very different people. Mm. They're choosing very different lines. Yeah. And so uh, as in my notes from now on, I'm going to call Kevin Costner KC. KC? KC. All right, I'm down. <laughs> KC does to be or not to be. And then everyone laughs. And then the general knocks him out again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And then it cuts to and like uh, the sound of music playing in the cake camp mm-hmm. and then the african-american man from the settlement before gives casey some water and like <laughs> they're waking up they're being buddy buddy the next day everyone runs with a full full packs to like train to be like like these military men yeah because like that's the point of them being recruited he's like we're gonna run 20 miles with packs yeah. if you don't finish you don't eat or if somebody doesn't finish nobody eats yeah like, like yeah. yeah everyone makes it or no one eats yeah basically. it's that like cliche movie trope of like we're bad guys you're part of our army now whether mm-hmm. you like it or not yeah, yeah yeah um and then like as they're running they see this meal being prepared it's like this like cool like a lot of meat and like it looks like it's gonna be a huge like feast kind of thing yes um so and then at the end of it their run one guy lags and passes out can we talk about who this guy is yes he's yes. phoebe's brother yes from friends name? i don't Giovanni, remember his name giovanni rabisi yeah, yeah. Yes. sneaky pete yes sneaky pete. <laughs> who plays like i don't know the best way to do this autistic I don't even know if it's autistic. He's in full on mentally handicapped <laughs> in this. Like and he is just like, Yeah, you want me to play a guy who's mentally handicapped? 
Yeah, I'm going to do my worst version of that. And you just tell me when to dial it back. I'll dial it back. And Kevin Costner's like, throttle it forward, my man. You can't go too far with this. He, like, it's, and he kind of had meth teeth a little bit, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, he looked like he was druggy, but I was like, in a post-apocalyptic world, where are the druggies? I don't know. Yeah. I used to be a big druggie, and that was always my fear. I was like, what happens? What do I... What do I do when the world ends? Where do I find drugs? Like, like that was a thing I would think about before I went to bed. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I perked that up. What up? Talking about drugs. Oh, that's fine. That was the end of the story. <laughs> okay. Um, so no more drug talk. No, no, more, no, more, okay. no more drug talk. Yes. Um, so uh, Giovanni Ribisi who I actually titled him as the guy who drinks the Kool-Aid. Yeah, he drinks it hard. Yeah. He's like, I just want to be a part of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So the next, uh, so like for their meal, they get their food and it turns out it is Bill that they're eating. Yes. And this meat that like, oh, well, you know, they're going to run a lot and it's going to be bad, but it's like gray slop. Yeah. It's like if you take all the Play-Doh and mash it together and it turns gray, that's what it looks like. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God, it looks like I don't know how to describe it. It looks terrible. Like it, it like they've never eaten meat before, even though it's like just hat. So like they lived through the normal ages, you mm-hmm. know. So they should know how it was. Yeah, that's a big part of this movie. Is that like pretty much every adult has been like when it when things were okay. Yeah. Like, so they knew and like they didn't really explain too much other than like mm-hmm. a race war happened and yeah, then that like there was there was a war yeah. and then there was like the war was over yeah. and then like bombs must have fallen. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes whenever I watch movies, movies, I always ask where are the black people in this movie? And then it kind of touches on why there is yeah. only white people, right. but not really. Yeah, and also it's 1997, and yeah. they're just like, oh, there's only white people because that's who we hired. <laughs> that's all we Well, they have. also filmed, like, what I like about this movie is it takes place in Oregon. And what's so funny, because you mentioned it earlier, is, like, they it's it's they film in Oregon, and it mm-hmm. takes place in Oregon. And then they just, like, whenever he goes to a new town, they just, like, put the title card underneath it. Like, Binning, Oregon. Like, he- oh, I know Binning. Like, <laughs> hell yeah, that is Binning, Oregon. Like, who the fuck knows Benning? Like, why? Like, yeah. what is the point of the town title card? I think it's just to help us viewers understand because it's because everything looks the same. Yes. Ex- except the Dustlands, which doesn't make any sense. Yes. And because Oregon, to me, it's it seems like a lush, like, foresty area, like, a, a state. Yes. You know what I mean? So, it like, everything just looks the same. Right. So, you're, like, evergreens and green and mountain mm-hmm. and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, so they are eat. They're eating, except Kool-Aid guy. Mm -hmm. Because he finished last. Because he finished last, so he doesn't get any food. And he starts to have a fucking meltdown. He is, like, throwing a tantrum. And so Casey, out of the goodness of his heart, gives him his food. I feel like it's more so, like, I don't want to eat my buddy, Bill. (laughs) You can have it. And then, like, Casey goes, like... 100% 100% from I'm sad to 100% I'm happy, yeah. which is like, mm, this is good. This is the best thing I've ever. And I was just like, bro, who is, who is, I think Kevin Costner took too much on directing this because yeah. there's like the acting really falls short at times. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like too broad. Yeah. So that's why you would want to reshoot it to, or correct those little tiny yeah, moments. Yeah. Cause I feel like you learn from it. Yeah. Like I just saw, 
oh, I just watched The Star is Born. Yes. And I I appreciated what Bradley Cooper did in that because like he is full on acting committed and it's hard to juggle both. Like mm. I've acted and directed and stuff and like it's hard. It's super hard to be like to one gauge your performance while you have everything else going on. And like the things I direct are super small. So like to think about the fact that he has an $80 million budget. He's taken over a huge town in Oregon. Like you see the $80 million in this film. Like, yeah, you do. Like the, the wholeness clan is hundreds of people. And in the towns, they have like 30, 40 people that are always there and always around. Like, there's a lot to focus on. So like, I feel like Costner may be like, I've learned some things. I'd like to take another shot at directing this. Yes. <laughs> okay, that is too much faith in the KC man, <laughs> I'd say. Um, so uh, the movie that night is Universal Soldier. And for some reason, the whole place... What? Booze. They hate it. <laughs> they hated they hate it. They hate it. They're throwing rocks at the dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, so there's like this lake, and then in the middle of the lake is like this uh, projector, like building mm-hmm. that's projecting all these movies. And so they're chucking like giant rocks at him. And then he like gives in and then decides to play the sound of music again. Yes. And like they there's no explanation. It's just that they're well, they're the wholeness. So like maybe it's the joke. There's like a lot of like subtle jokes in this movie where it's like it's the wholeness. So maybe it's like they're wholesome. They oh. like wholesome. The whole the wholeness is pretty wholesome. You know, we like a wholesome film. But you know what? I just realized the sound of music music has to do with Nazis. That's true. So Re- maybe, rebelling against the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it like doesn't make any sense really. I mean, like they could have just put on some like old Hitler speeches. Well, the Universal Soldiers is like is about creating like the perfect soldier. So you right. would think Nazis would be into that. Yeah. So, it's like the reverse. Yeah, it doesn't. Never understand why. Yeah, they never explain it. This yeah. movie takes its time to explain a lot of things. Not that though. No, no, not mute movie like, choices. Oh, we don't have time to really get into this. <laughs> the other thing they don't. The other. The only thing that I'm missing is this wholeness and the general is all has all based this like new society off this other guy, John something. I don't remember. his yeah, name. Yeah, I don't remember his name. I should have written it down. But yeah. like the weirdest, the weirdest. Uh, again, like another thing yeah. is that they never explain who he was. No, but they talk about him so much. They talk about him so much to where I'm just like, was he real? Yeah. You never see him. You later find out that he died of like a pancreatic cancer or something. No, he dies of skin cancer. Yeah. And you're just like, what? What? Why, why do I know that he dies of skin cancer, but I don't know who he is? Yeah. Like, was he like a president or something? There, yes. And, and- We'll get into, like, the whole where is the government and stuff, mm-hmm. but, like, we'll get there. Where is the government? <laughs> where is it? Like, people are still around, but where is what happened? Right. Um. So, at a meeting, one guy, so they do, like, this kind of musical chairs with, like, new recruits. Yes. And, like, everyone sits down except one guy, and he didn't sit down right away, so he gets punished by death. Yeah. Yeah, like, he gets hung upside down. And then, because the, that's the punishment for not following the rule. There yeah. are eight rules. The eighth rule is the only punish. The only punishment is death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Something like that. Because he's like, sit down. There's not enough seats, and he goes, "You could have sit on the floor." Yeah. Which I was like, this dude's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> but he's not like, he's not like super. Like he doesn't seem like a psychopath. You know what I mean? He doesn't like, right go. Turn it up all the way to 11. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that actor plays psychopaths super well. There's actually a rumor that his character was gay. 
Really? That, and- like, and they never talk about it. They never, they never refer to it, but they're just like, his character is gay. Okay, so in part two of this this two-parter episode, I will reveal something. Okay, that, great. Yes, okay. Well, oh, the anticipation. We'll, yes, we'll talk about it then. Um, so Adam meet, like the he they killed the dude, hung him upside down, sliced mm-hmm. him with a sword. Mm-hmm. In, um, in a very PG-13 way, because you don't see this throat slit. You just see it from afar, and then there's blood on the general's face. Yeah, so apparently one of the laws is that anyone can challenge the general. Mm-hmm. Which seven. Is, yeah, law seven, which is weird because tyranny doesn't have that law. It's not anyone. Only a member of the wholeness can uh, challenge the general. Because that comes back, and we'll talk about that in part two. Yes. Um, so Casey um, gets clocked by somebody about possibly challenging the general, which mm-hmm. was weird because, like, what about, Ke- like, a undisheveled unsh- Kevin Costner makes it look like that he sh- he wants to become general? There was not one look on his face. Yeah. There was a camera cut to him, which yeah. made you be like, is he? And, but, he- but he had no expression. He was yeah. just like, hmm, okay. Yeah, Eight rules. Like, yeah. And they're very serious rules. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And so the guy, like, clocks him and tells him that, like, the lieutenant challenged the general at one point, but he lost. And instead of dying, the general, like, uh, uh, made him a eunuch. He cut and- off his genitals and his tongue. Yes, yes. Um, And so, like, he's this silent dude that follows him around, which <laughs> is very sad. And then the same guy stops the man the african-american man from the settlement and says that he sees the n-word in him yep. oh jesus yeah, yeah very apparent racism in this film yeah yeah but it was that's the only time you see any racism really no in part two we'll probably talk about more racism well maybe yes yeah let me know maybe i'm wrong there's a whole there's a whole character who it's like a major injustice towards him and he's like the second in command of the postal service okay okay make your case in part two all right um and so we cut to the general painting Mm -hmm. and then uh Uh, self-portrait a self-portrait which looks nothing like him i thought he was just i think he's like i think it looked like it was two of him in that portrait too oh maybe because there's something weird happens in that scene where he's holding the mirror Mm -hmm. and he goes stop moving and then like his eunuch friend shuts the door also something that's never explained yeah it's like does this general have like a split personality is he crazy crazy yeah like it is it's like a muted bad guy like Mm -hmm. there was like he was like a baseline bad guy he wasn't Mm -hmm. really like if if he got really good direction. He would have been like crazy, like yes, mad with power. Right. Um. So, uh, like this is thirty-one minutes in. That's rough. We'll buckle up. We got more to go. What's the inciting incident? There and is, have we gotten there yet? The there is none. <laughs> there is none. There's multiple. I was thinking about this. This movie has no three X structure. No, this movie not at all. has maybe five X structure, which you don't mm. see a lot. Um, but it's, it, it would make sense if it had a five-act structure because that's what Shakespearean plays have most of the time. Um, but it's just long. And it's just like, this is just the tale. Yeah, and so, and that's why I was like suggesting, oh, maybe it could be a Wes Anderson sort of film where right. it's just like this character. Kind of meanders. Yeah, meanders through a story. Like, and everything is happening around him instead of him, like, impacting the the mm-hmm. surroundings, kind of. Every character that you see that speaks has their story told in some way, mm-hmm. but not 
not in a way enough to really know about them. Yeah. Or it's told quickly. It's just, it's almost like a collection of short stories. It, which the book is probably, yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. I think it's like The Postman and then a collection of other short yeah. stories. I don't think they have anything to do with <laughs> what, what this movie was made into, but no, yeah. No, no. Okay, so um, the uh, Kevin Costner wants to escape after he hears that they're supposed to be sent on a mission, which I didn't quite understand what this mission was that they were trying to set up. Yes. Well, I thought he wanted to escape because like when he had that meeting with the general, the general, when he sees the general painting himself and it's that very like 90s, like we've already painted this. He's just going to have a brushstroke and just like, yeah, yeah. Poke at the canvas. Uh, but like the general was like, I see a lot of potential in you. You could be a commanding officer. And Kevin Costner's like, no, no. I don't we, want this. But, and, and yet again, like he, there was no expression or like action in which made him stand out compared to everybody else. Right. It's the fact that they had like their little Shakespeare off at the yeah. beginning and the general caught him running away. But everything else, like he wouldn't be my first choice. No, no. Yeah. So, Other than the fact that he's just a charismatic as hell man that is Kevin Costner. <laughs> oh and you're just goodness. like, well, I like him. So he's going to be in charge too. So, um, so. Kevin Costner decides that he wants to escape and he's going to take Kool-Aid dude Mm -hmm. and uh, African-American man. I only understand one of those decisions. (laughs) I don't understand why Kool-Aid man is involved at all. (laughs) Yeah. Because he was like erratic and like it clearly he wanted to stay. Yeah. He was like, we definitely need his help. I'm like, there are. There are other dudes that you're in there with. Yeah. Like, Kool-Aid Man is just the only one talking. Yeah. Uh, don't go to him for help. No. Go to anyone else. Um, And at this, like, that night, I guess a Western film is playing. I think mm-hmm. it was, like, John Wayne was on yeah. screen for, again, no explanation. Um, And then we cut to the general and the cavalry, like, doing, like, this march on, like, a mountain. And then they stop, and then there's a lion that is in the lion. Oh, it's the lion. Yes. Oh. Has come back in- almost in, in enough time for you to entirely forget about the fact that there was a lion at the beginning of the film for 30 seconds. Yes, yes. The lion has come back, and he's in the woods. And um, some men went in. Mm-hmm. I think they were supposed to hunt him. the lion. What was the reason for them to go in? I I thought they were just on, like, patrol, and then the lion got one of them, and so now the mission is to go get the guy that the lion uh, got. Oh, okay, gotcha. Or maybe they were hunting the lion, and then they subtly throw in of, like, must have been a zoo here, and, like, the fact that there's a lion is the only, like, evidence that there was a zoo there. It doesn't look like the Griffith Park Zoo, where it's just like, well, clearly there used yeah. to be a zoo here. It's just, like, rocks and dirt. They're like, <laughs> definitely was a zoo here. No roads, though. Um, but the weird thing is that it's so it's two huge mountains that and then the valley is a river and there's mm. this rickety ass like bridge. Oh, the bridge. So there, why would there be a zoo there? Exactly. Yeah. What a weird place for a zoo. <laughs> it's just like an open safari zoo. Yeah, like they and like they never needed to explain that there was a zoo only because like in my mind if there it's a post-apocalyptic world then the zoo animals would have escaped right and yeah. also why does it have to be a lion why yeah. can't it be like a bear or a mountain lion or yeah. something you would find in nature yeah. why does it have to because you, you don't see it you never see it like other than in this part where the where they're hunting a lion you never see the lion yeah it should have showed up a third time should have to be completely honest yeah, yeah. Isn't, uh, aren't lions, like, talked about a lot in Shakespeare? 
Like I don't know, no. like <laughs> Hamlet and uh, like Henry the Fourth or something like that. Uh, uh, I feel like it is. Uh, this will be for the fact check portion yes. of your show. Okay, so um, so they decide on Kevin Costner to go in and grab the body or whoever's in the forest, mm-hmm. and they don't give him a gun; they give him a knife instead. Yes, they were gonna give him a gun. They were like, "We can't trust him." Yeah, they actually asked for a volunteer. Yeah, oh yeah. And yes. then they chose somebody because nobody volunteered. No, and I was like, what I shitty. Oh no, Kool Aid guy C- volunteered. Kool Aid like, dude, definitely no, no. Which is just more evidence for Kevin Costner to be like, "Why did I choose you to help me escape? I have to do this very." Very intricate thing. I have to fool an army of thousands. Yes. I'm going to take the loudest guy with me. Yes, yes. Um, so he um, so he decides to go in. He finds the mauled body of the um, the recruit. Mm-hmm. And like he, as he's pulling him out and he has the body on his shoulders, he's walking through the rickety ass like a bridge. Mm-hmm. And he like kind of takes a moment. He's like, this is my chance, basically. Yeah. Well, because after he drops off the body, they're going to make him go hunt the lion. Yeah. So it's like, fuck. Yeah. Like, if I don't jump, I will die. Yeah. Because I have to hunt a lion with a knife. Yeah. So he breaks through the bridge mm-hmm. and then falls into the river. And and yeah, he he cared about the water for the mule, but he did yes. not care about him falling into the river. In the defense of the almighty Kevin Costner, that water was stagnant at the beginning and the river is running, so it's cleaner. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, so he's in the river, and so the general sends, a, like, asks for, yet again, volunteers to mm-hmm. go and get him. Instead, he chooses, and then he chooses African-American man mm-hmm. to go after him. I wish we could name him. I know. But he doesn't have a name. It's None just, of them have a name. It's just another really. character in this movie yeah. that doesn't have a name. Yeah. Straight up has a name. His name is Ford Lincoln Mercury. No, no. no. That's different, a different, different character, character. which wow. will show up in part wow. two. Wow. Wow. As you can tell, Adam never watches any of the films nope. that I choose. Because Ford Lincoln Mercury is a huge character in this yes, film. Yes, yes. Because he has a name. Um, okay, so and so um, they send African Amer- American man <laughs> off, yeah. and he goes into the river and is like wrestling with Kevin Costner, and he finally breaks free. And then Kevin Costner like goes ashore and like kind of scurries away. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, Kool Aid dude is following him. Yeah, like, Kool Aid man was like, "Fuck it, I'm going too. Yeah, I'm jumping off the. I'm. I'll catch him. Yeah, I the, I, the general's gotta. The Kool Aid guy is such a weird. <laughs> who just like makes you uncomfortable every time he talks. Yeah. Like the way he looks at the general like up at him. He's like. I'll get him. I'll get him. And then he yeah. just scurries off. Yeah. And so Kevin Gosner gets like, I think, who was the first? Like Kool-Aid dude. Kool-Aid dude was the first to get him. Yeah. Because they do a very of mice and men scene in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, I don't want to kill the yeah. handicapped guy, but I'm going to kill the handicapped yeah. guy. So um, they kill um, Kool-Aid dude. And then with his knife, mm-hmm. and then African-American du- guy mm-hmm. like shows up. And like he's like... Kevin Costner's like, I don't want to hurt you. Like, right. and he's like, clearly, and like, at that point, I was like, oh, okay, so these two are going to run off. Yes, that is the logical move yeah. for that character just to be like, oh, yeah, this is our time. Let's let's run off. Yeah, There's yeah. no one behind us. Yeah. We can just go. No. Your plan's to run anyways. Yeah. And if I don't catch you, I'm going to die. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Like, it made total sense for those two, like, to run off. But instead, he, like, kind of... St- stands there and then the foot soldier shows up mm-hmm. it's and, like his uh, 
Is it a foot soldier? I think it was. Again, he has no name, so we don't know. Because it was it was the same guy that called the African American guy the N word. Oh and yeah, he seemed like he was also in control when we were at the camp. Like yeah. he's kind of a big yeah. Maybe he's like second, third in command. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's like the, command. He's like the second AD. Yeah, it's like, you're kind of in charge, but you mm. wrangle the actors. No, no. Um, and so he he he, he kind of like the that's a fourth guy, the fourth in command dude, like eggs on African American dude, and like to like start like fighting um yeah. casey instead he throws the knife at the, yeah. the fourth in command what dude. a badass move <laughs> he like he looks at kevin costner and then he flips the knife in his hand and he rears and he throws it at the guy and he hits him in his arm yeah so he's still alive and yeah. still functioning instead and so he falls to the ground and shoots Sh- yep. shoots, shoots the, the guy, guy and he uh, just... african-american dude to death Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Costner runs off. Yep. And and that is the inciting incident of this film. <laughs> it is 20 minutes long. It, no, it is. I think it's like 40, 40 minutes into the film. Is 40 minutes into the film? Yeah, yeah. The whole time at the camp is the inciting incident. Yeah. And the thing that's important that also happened was that Kevin Costner was branded with the eight because oh, he's part yes, of the wholeness. Yeah. So that he will has, come back in part two. Yeah. He has the tattoo of the eight on his uh, shoulder. Um, so he leaves and it's raining. It's dark mm-hmm. that night. It's Oregon he, rain. It's cold. Yeah. And then he slips and falls down a hill onto a U.S. Postal Service mm-hmm. truck. And then he crawls into it. To the front windshield. Yes. I got to appreciate that. Like, that's a cool move. That's a badass move. Sure, I guess. I am not giving anything to Kevin Costner. I'll give it all to him. Who looks at a car and be like, what's the coolest way to get in this car? I'm going to peel back the windshield and get inside through the front. Even though, even though, uh, like, mail trucks famously have that sliding door. They do. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. And so he's in the truck and next to him is a skeleton mm-hmm. of a uh, of a dead uh, postal service guy. And he steals his clothes yes. and starts reading everybody's mail in that truck. Right. He's drenched in, he's drenched, he's sopping. He's a sopping wet Oregonian and it's very cold. He's got to steal the clothes. That's the next logical move. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then so he's like, I guess he finds a lighter from mm-hmm. the guy in a flask. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, I guess what? all, like, yeah, strange, right? Why would a postal service dude have a flask on him? Yeah, take a little nip, take the edge <laughs> off. It's a boring job. He's just taking mail all over the place. Take a little nip. <laughs> and so he, like, takes, so he takes some of the mail and puts it on fire. And then he, so it, it's like a no, warm, toasty, like, um, like. He has a campfire yeah, inside a it's, car. It's like, inside. this is one of the scenes in this movie that makes me love this movie. I am such a sucker for cool, like, just, like, visually pleasing scenes Uh that we don't get anymore with green screen, like in the fucking Avengers films, where it's just all colors and lights on the green screen. I don't like it. Uh, (laughs) But this, we have a car. Somebody put a car in the middle of the woods. It made it look like there was a fire in the car. They put Kevin Costner in that car. They put a skeleton in that car. And it's just very cool, and it's got such an atmosphere to it that I love. Also, it's an unventilated <laughs> truck. Well, I mean, yeah, he also no peeled smoke. the window back. He peeled so, the window back. So. But it's a flammable truck because all around him is all mail. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, true. 
spell. Boo on you, Drew. <laughs> I think it's cool. It just looks cool. It creates such an environment that I like. I want to be in that. That's like why I like the, this movie because it's like, oh, I want to be in this world. I want to be in that truck with him. Like, <laughs> just like sitting, reading mail, being like, this is funny, right? Like, oh, Billy got into college. Like, somebody's pregnant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he literally is reading everybody's mail. That's yeah. Funny. yeah, he's like he's going to carpentry school or something. And s- that's <laughs> so comes um, back. So after this, the next morning, he I don't know how he came upon this like idea to impersonate a postman. And well, he's an actor. <laughs> oh, this he's an actor. It's because of he's he takes a- on a new character. He sees a new character. He takes on a new character. So he, he, so you're you're saying because he did Shakespearean plays, he mm-hmm. decided that he's gonna be a postman. Yeah, because uh, it's a role to play. He plays a role. Okay. Uh, so the next morning he goes to a Pine View settlement, mm-hmm. and he comes upon like the the uh, the doors. Mm-hmm. Of it and um, dressed up in postman uh, uniform. He, uh, I, I appreciate that you're referring to it as postman because that's what Kevin Costner he hits that postman hard. And like, as like when I read the title of this film, I go, Postman, <laughs> this is the postman. And throughout the film, he's like, I'm the postman, postman. It's a very humble approach to the post postman. <laughs> yeah, it's very like actorly too, like yeah. to say postman. I'm the postman, yeah. It's, it's not singular. It's plural. I'm the postman. <laughs> okay. So, and like, he comes up to the doors and demands to go in. This is in like, he says, he just says like, I'm the postman. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, he kind of like goes through this whole like charade that he makes up on the fly, basically yes. about how like the government is reinstated. Yes. And that he was sent by the president to like um establish mail routes. Establishing he like he uses fancy lingo and then he's just like mail routes. Yeah. Mail. Yeah. I'm here to deliver the mail. He's like, yeah. I'm here to open up lines of communication across the United States. And he's like, I'm here to deliver the mail. Yeah. So this is fifty one minutes into the film that we find out what the fucking title of this film yeah, is about. you're like, oh, this is why it's a movie that's called The Postman. Yeah, like, it takes so fucking long. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, is there any reason why we couldn't have just started with the lion part <laughs> and then skipped you gotta, half an hour of, of You gotta know, it? you gotta hate the wholeness. Yes. You gotta understand why you hate the wholeness. Like, yes. this does a good job of, like, what a lot of other post-apocalyptic movies do, where it's just like, this is the bad guy, he's been ravaging our town. That's all you need to know. Yes. This is like, this is the bad guy. He's been ravaging our town. Our main character is going to be a part of the bad guy's thing. See for 40 minutes how bad the bad guy is and then escape. And then now he's, and then now he's just forgotten about him. And he's just like, off, off to deliver the mail. But also, like, it's not even like that bad of a bad man. You know what I mean? I he's think like, he's pretty horrible. He's, he's racist. He kills women and children. He's quasi-racist. Okay, it was his foot soldiers that said the N-word. <laughs> Yeah, but he's the one who said of suitable ethnic origin. That's true. Um, so why am I defending? A I know racist? you're like <laughs> you're like defending a guy who's like pretty much like Hitler, who's like, well, no, he's charming. He's a good painter. He's not racist. He just likes a certain ethnicity more than others. Like he prefers he prefers blonde, blue-eyed oh, white men and oh thinks they're God. a stronger, more powerful race. Wait, so like that's his opinion. I he's take it back. Wrong. I take it all back. You were right. Kevin Costner is the man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, 
Okay, so he makes up the lie and then he scams his way into the mm-hmm. uh, settlement. Well, he by... befuddles through his post yeah, bag, yeah. and it is it's it so feels like he's making this up on the fly. Like he can't even get into the bag. He's yeah. like trying to get in, and he's like throwing mail around. He's like, does so and so live here? Does so and so live here? Until he like literally gets on the fourth letter. Mm-hmm. It says Irene March, and yes. sh- they kind of stop and they're like, whoa, whoa, like. This guy is telling the truth because there is an Irene March who turns out to be a blind woman. For no reason other than just to be a device that makes Kevin Costner read the mail aloud. Yeah. So he, she forces him to read it aloud. Mm-hmm. and um, I don't want to read it. It's private. I can't read this aloud. And she goes, someone has to. Yeah, which but is someone else could have. Her daughter. Her daughter who is there, who in my opinion should have been the love interest in this film. Yeah. Because the love interest that does come up. It's so odd. Yeah, it's, it's such a weird. We'll thing. get to it. We'll yeah. get to it. Um, so he gets in. He makes a dumb fucking joke about dogs. He's like, yes. "Your dogs should be locked up," and it's a postman joke. This movie is filled with comedy. <laughs> For the wrong reason, and it is underappreciated. Uh, he's like, and if you have dogs, they got to be locked up. And, like, <laughs> and then he stops and laughs to himself, yeah. and nobody else gets no what one he's gets talking what he's, about. Yeah. Not a soul. And also, I haven't seen a dog since uh, anywhere in the film. Yeah, I've never seen a dog. It would have been funny if the dog started biting him, though, at one point in the film. And then I would have appreciated the joke a lot more. Yeah, I would have appreciated the joke if I saw a dog at all in the yeah, film. Yeah, It's just like it cut, he says that joke and then cuts to the do- the settlement one dog. Yeah, just yeah. like one lone skinny mangy dog who's <laughs> just like shaking in the corner because there's a human there. <laughs> And they're like, you gotta lock that dog up. It's too much for me. So he, uh, they, he, it cuts to him taking a bath, and he like shaves off his beard. Mm-hmm. This is really important. Key moment. Key moment. He shaves his beard. Yes. Uh, he looks the exact same, <laughs> sans beard. Yes. Because what he had before, I wouldn't even call it beard. I would just call it a thick goatee. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like skin color too so yeah like, he's, well as he's blonde he's yeah. blonde man yeah he's a blonde man that we take seriously and that's hard to do yes <laughs> the only other one that we really take seriously is brad pitt that's true who is this dirty blonde if anything yeah okay so um after he takes a bath like someone comes in and it's the one black kid Mm-hmm. Name Ford Lincoln Mercury Adam. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, the other character's name was Woody, by oh, the way. Woody. Wo- Woody. Interesting. Um, so he brings him um the postman or the Kevin. Postman. Yeah. Postman. We could call him the postman from here on out. That's true. Um we he Ford brings him to the food hall where mm-hmm. everybody's asking him about the government and the president. And stuff. And so, like, to shut them up, the postman decides to, like, tell tell them yet another lie. Mm-hmm. That there is a president from Maine, and his name is Richard Starkey. Who is actually his the real name of Ringo Starr, which would explain the second part of what he's about to say. So, the quote of... So he tells oh them. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> this movie's the best movie in the world. <laughs> so, so he cl- he says that the president's slogan is 
Stuff's getting better. Stuff's, Stuff's getting, getting better, better every, every day. day. Getting better all the time. This is what he says, he every, says every day, day. in well, the movie. That's so dumb. They couldn't even quote the actual thing. <laughs> yeah. That's well, that's stupid. That's the character game of... We're all improv nerds. That's the character game of Kevin Costner, which is I can quote literature very well, except only kind of because I get the words wrong. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically it. And, and like, I guess... the. I, I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but now that I know it's from like Ringo Starr, yeah, I guess yeah. the, I I guess I was wrong. On IMDb, it says the qu- the quote says it's getting better, it's getting better all the time, but it's not. It's not. It's, you're saying it's, it's getting not better that. every day. Yeah, in the movie, he says every day. Maybe, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. What a like why uh, whatever. Um, you tell me, Adam. <laughs> yeah, you tell. Why us. am I doing this? So the postman finally gets something to eat because it feels like he hasn't eaten in like two days it feels like he hasn't eaten for longer than two days because we later find out in this movie that time is progressing but not in the same way that we have thought where it's like two days could actually be two weeks yeah like we don't know how long it's been so um and this is not he doesn't eat not before like everybody prays which was very strange. I was like, people still have God in the post-apocalyptic world. Oh, of world. course, people still have God in the book, especially in Pineview. Yes, of course. Um, people I'm... are getting married. God <laughs> oh, is that's very right. present. Okay, so um, and then there's a fucking hoedown, mm-hmm. and there's this one. I love this part of this movie <laughs> is that there's a hoedown. I like they built a town one, uh-huh. which is already a huge, huge draw point for me. Two, they just have a live show. Yes. Literally, live music is playing, and, like, everybody's dancing, everybody's happy. Nobody looks like they're starving at all. Like, yeah. they don't look like anything They look like has they're doing happened. pretty okay for the yeah. apocalypse. <laughs> yes. And so... Uh, they have he, electricity. Yes. Like, yeah. that's something we need to talk about is... They never address why they have electricity or how they have electricity, but they're just like, we have it. Yes, it's just there. Um, so he, so the postman gets propositioned by a lady. To dance. To dance. And then during the dance, she propositions him Mm -hmm. to put a seed in her. Yes, which is, listen, this is very funny to me because there's that whole thing, like that running gag of when like, Somebody has a kid and they don't really look like their dad. It's yeah. like, do they look like oh, a post guy? that's right. That's and right. And so I was like, what a funny, subtle joke to put in this movie. And you're like, surely they won't land on this for too long. It'll be like a little quick gag in this movie. Nope. It's a huge point to the entire movie. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so she is married. Her name is Abby and I think her husband's name is Michael. And mm-hmm. they're trying to get pregnant, but she can't. Yes, because he had the mumps. Yes. She asked him like a series of questions yes. while they're dancing. Yeah, very she, like health. Do you have the serious yes. mumps? Clearly, there was like a plague at some point in time yeah. of the mumps. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then, so he like freaks out. He runs away. He's about yep. to jump on a, steal a horse and leave. Yep. He like gets stopped because the guy's like, oh, there's something around the corner that you've been looking for. You got to see this thing, my dude. <laughs> My dude, I see you running away from the party. I got a little surprise for you around my corner. Come check this out. And so he goes around the corner and looks, and it's a fucking post office. Yeah. And it's like this weird scene that this makes it. This is Ford Lincoln Mercury, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And Oh, right? no, no, no. It's the not. old dude told tells him to go look. 
Ford Lincoln Mercury is in there. He's in there. Yes. Um, okay. So they make it this like very patriotic thing. Mm-hmm. Like this it's movie legit. is very patriotic, but only for post workers. <laughs> only for post workers. <laughs> um. So he annoys. For, he like explains that like to be a postman, it, like a postman has to like annoy you, mm-hmm. and so he force he makes him do. That's like a sheriff in an old western. Yes, he makes Ford Lincoln Mercury, who wants to be a postman, into a postman by having him recite the oath, which I know you prepared for uh, it, right? No, did not prepare the postal <laughs> oath. I'm well, very sorry. We'll, we'll wait. We can uh, move on. Um. So, um, like he he makes him say the oath, which is like basically the the postal workers. It's something like, along as like no rain nor sleet nor snow nor something of night. Yeah, something like dark of night. No yeah. dark of night. I don't remember how it ends. Yeah, it's it's real dramatic. Because I tried to find it. Yeah. Because it is the postal oath. <laughs> Neither rain nor sleet nor dark of night shall stay these couriers from swift completion of their appropriate rounds. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's the one one they use. The one in the movie has like a little little more zip to it. A little more like American, like... like Poetic. Right. It's not like like we're rhyming, we're rhyming, we're rhyming, and we've stopped rhyming. (laughs) Um, so, um, So... When he gets out, the sheriff of the town wants him out by the morning. Mm -hmm. He, like, doesn't like his kind. He can, like, see through, smell the bullshit, basically. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy who greeted him at the gate. He knew this was bullshit from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the postman goes home. He should have just made him go leave that night. Yeah. Like, nobody was around for him, anybody to notice, you well, know? Well, they what started mean? butting heads hard. Like, yeah. as I think about it, the postman has such a shitty way of getting to the <laughs> sheriff where he's like, he goes to the gate, and the two guys are like, you can't come in. He goes, I'm here on official U.S. business. I will only talk to someone who's in charge. And he just stands at the gate. Mm, yeah, he's... That's what a, what a white thing to do, <laughs> to be like, no, I'm right, and I want in. It's yeah. like if you need an exchange at a Dillard, and they're like, "This, you bought this at Target. And they're like, no, I'm white. I will stay until I talk to a manager. Uh, that does not sound like an experience you experienced, did you? Okay, um, so he, the postman goes back to where he's staying, and he finds all this fucking mail. And, like, he, like, was reading, he, like, kind of, like, sifts through it in his bed. And then the wife... Abby. Mm-hmm. Well, we f- we see that he sees some mail from St. Marie, which uh-huh. is this infamous town that he's heard of, which is where he wants to escape to when they're with the wholeness. Oh, it, like I know he like mentions St. Marie yeah. he's for like, some There's reason. There's this paradise that I've heard of. It's very like, I feel like a lot of apocalyptic movies have this thing where it's like, there's this other place. And if yeah. we go to this other place, it's going to be better yeah. there. Um, and so... Um, so he sees it, and then like Abby like sneaks in, mm-hmm. slinks in basically to Look seduce in. him for that baby. Good. <laughs> I would say it's a, such a such a such a such a casual seduction. Where it's I just know. like I've on a I've on a blanket, and I'm wearing clothes underneath, and I've taken the blanket <laughs> off, and I've taken my clothes off. Are you sure you don't want to have sex with me? And he's like, Ugh, I just ate for the first time in three days. Who knows how long it's been since I've had sex. 
get on top. And they have <laughs> the craziest sex where she is on top the whole time. And then they go, and then they go again until he falls asleep. And it's it's not even like they're having sex. It's like she is milking the semen from him. <laughs> and it is kind of disturbing, but she is a sexy back. <laughs> and the weird thing is that you see everything. You see her yeah. breasts. And so you can't see anybody die. Yeah, that's the craziest thing is they do all these PG-13 deaths, but you see this girl's nipples for yeah. for her a couple minutes. And, and like, it's like a really long sex scene, too. And how naked does Mr. Costner get? Not, not at, at all. all. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes you be like, you're not in great shape, are you, Costner? Because, like, this is also during the era where, like, like dirty dancing, yeah. uh, he's going full nude, like, Dirty Dancing? Not Dirty Dancing. I'm sorry, Roadhouse. Oh, okay. It's the guy from Dirty Dancing. Oh. And Roadhouse. I Patrick just, Swayze. Patrick Swayze. I just watched this recently. And like after their sex scene, he is like full nude just walking around with his ass out. Yeah, and yeah. there, It's a wide shot. They're showing it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kevin Custer is laying on a bed that he starts the scene in. He ends the scene laying on the bed in the same clothes he had on before. <laughs> Like she didn't even attempt to like take off his shirt or anything, and like he wanted, he was like suggesting maybe he should close his eyes because this is like one of those trysts yeah. that is like just scientific. Like yeah. she just wants. Uh, if I to have close a baby. my eyes, I can't see. I can't feel your vagina on my penis. <laughs> <laughs> if I close my eyes, I can't feel this thing. <laughs> and so they have like she. She was like, no, it's okay. So and like they have like this really. Passionate, basically it's, passionate. It's, it's really, passionate. It's very passionate. Yeah, and like she doesn't attempt to take off his shirt. Like it wouldn't make sense if he was like, well, because also he does have that tattoo that's like linked True. into the clan. Yeah. But then again, like it would have been more realistic if he's like more aware of it. You know what right. I mean? Because like at that point, everyone like I would have forgotten about that tattoo. Yeah, I think I did forget about it until the near end. You definitely forget that he was branded. Um. And they have like a moment in between sex where he's just like goofing because yeah. he's a goofball. And I that's why I love Kevin Costner because he's so serious, but he's just a goofball. Uh, yes. And she's just like, you're funny. And he's like, thanks. Shall we go again? The next morning, they mm-hmm. give him a horse. And she's he, gone. Yeah, she, she's gone. She's like, I'm out of there. I yeah. got what I needed. I got a husband I got to get back to. <laughs> and things are not going to be weird at home. Like... Yeah, it's it's very strange. Um, so she, he le like she leaves, and then in the next morning he gets the horse from the whole town, and then he goes off, and then a- after he's left, the mil the militia shows up. Yeah. Oh, and- but the quick moment, the sheriff has a big moment with him on the bridge yeah. where he's like, "Are you are you really who you say you are?" And he's like, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> Yeah, I'm still outside the gates, and you guys all have guns. So yeah, I am who I say I am. <laughs> and then he rides off, and the sheriff is like, he does that thing. I've you see it a million times where somebody's just like, God damn it! They literally say, God damn it! And then they he rides off after him, and he gives him a piece of mail, and he's just like, see if you can get this to her, I guess. Yeah, like he. It's like that moment where like somebody's like sternly has this like bullshit meter, but then mm-hmm. gives into the bullshit. Right. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so the militia shows up right after uh, Kevin Costner has left, um, and wreaks shit, like, havoc throughout the town, and they burn the U.S. flag. Yeah, they burn, because it's flying, and he's like, there's no U.S. government, nah, 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 and then makes him burn the, and they make, she make, they make, uh, the husband. Yeah. 
burn oh, the yes. flag. Yes. Who has a name? Michael. Michael. The McMichael. Yes. He's uh, very handsome. <laughs> I gotta say, like, Michael's a handsome dude. Yeah, yeah. He was a very young, handsome yeah. dude. And swoon, so swoon. He looks like the main character from White Collar. <laughs> he, like... It doesn't make any sense as to like I guess uh, I guess mumps will do do that to you. Yeah, they just like listen. If you're a listener and you're like, I got low self esteem because I don't look good. Get the mumps and like get them <laughs> bad, and you'll get better looking. I promise. Um, no, vaccinate your kids. <laughs> no, don't, don't vaccinate. <laughs> no vaccinations. You don't want your kid to end up like Kool Aid guy. You know, <laughs> drink of the Kool Aid, mildly autistic. Oh boy! Oh boy! Okay. There's no science behind what I'm saying, but I believe in what I'm saying. <laughs> you know. Uh, um. So the militia starts pillaging the whole town. The general is real into Abby. Oh yeah. And like, um, first, this is to quote the general, and there's the first fine piece of ass. Yeah. Period. Yes, that's it. And then the husband, Michael. Hears it and he's like, "That's my wife." Yeah, get the <laughs> sheriff introduce me to that woman. And Michael's like, "It's my wife." <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, yeah. even though she slept with somebody else, right? The she night just before. she did just bang some dude last night a few times. Like, she's tired, you know. <laughs> so I can't introduce you. So he and then like the general's like, "This is post-apocalyptic yeah. time. There's no like sanctity of marriage or right. anything." Well, he refers to the Braveheart thing, which is like, do you know that in medieval times, the because he considers himself a king mm-hmm. amongst these people, and he's like, the king is that is my property, so mm-hmm. I get to have sex with her if you're marrying her on your wedding night. And he's like, well, we've been married for three years, and he's like, well, I wasn't invited to the <laughs> wedding. Bring her on over. It was disgusting. Yeah. Um, the general also has a weird obsession with like little things. Mm-hmm. Like he, they loot the town for him. In the first town, it's like a little bell, and then the second town, it's like a little fork. And he's like, <laughs> "I like these little things." <laughs> I'm just like, "Why? What is this?" And he's talking about it like a goat. He's like, "I saw the." W- <laughs> he's, he's, I'm like, "You gotta cut some of this stuff out, dude." Like, why are you letting him talk? He's like, "I saw the craziest goat." On the side of, yeah, no, I like that bell. No, this goat is like red. And then, yeah, I like that jewelry too. No, but you got to listen to me about this goat. And I'm just like, why is he talking about a goat? This is in the scene when they're pillaging the yeah. town. Oh, it's wow. like everyone is having the worst day of their life. He's just like, I saw a crazy goat today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, for real though, Mary, I did see a crazy goat today. <laughs> Do not derail my podcast right now. like now. a red beard. Oh, okay. So it majestic as it was grazing. So as Michael's defending her, her honor, uh-huh. um, the general kills Michael. Yeah, and like Abby is distraught. Oh, she is it's like bad. everything's just like broken down in front of her because she was in love with Michael, real love, real love. Because they had a moment afterwards where After like she, she's like. like looking at the beautiful Oregon scenery and he comes out and she's like, what are you looking at? He goes, everything. And, and then they're in love. Yeah. Like he's looking at her after she had banged Kevin Costner. Yeah. And like, he's excited. He's happy that she got to bang somebody to put his seed in her body right. so that they can have a kid. I'm too much of a realist though where I was like, this is going to have to happen. Like, eight to ten more times before she gets pregnant. Like, you guys are really excited about the first time. This is going to become a chore. Yeah, no, it's it's hard. It's hard work. Especially, like, especially 
if it's post-apocalyptic, wouldn't it be harder for women to have babies too? Yeah, for sure. It's already and you hard guys can't now. see this, but Mary is pregnant, and like <laughs> I know her pretty personally, and it was a hard road for her to get this baby. <laughs> like she's been struggling. So. I am not pregnant. So if not you just... haven't been invited to the baby showers, because she hates you. <laughs> not so. That's why. Oh my god! Not to like hard no on this improv game, but I am not pregnant. No, well, you you're releasing this in in uh, in a month, so you you said you are trying currently. No, and yeah, I am in a month not. From now. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not gonna be pregnant in a month. I mean, you're gonna have no. the baby between now and the no. time this is yeah, released. The baby shower no. is a month from now. Correct? I'm nervous. Yeah. Like she wants to do a two parter, and this baby is coming any day. <laughs> This baby, she looks like she's about to pop, guys. Oh, like geez. It's hard to get pregnant, and I commend Mary for doing it. Oh, man. No, I am not pregnant. I don't want to have kids anytime soon, so no, hard no on the both of you. So we're moving on. So the settlement, so, like, after the pillaging, after Michael's, like, dead, the settlement lets them in on yeah. the tea that... The government, the U.S. government is reinstated. Right. And, the uh, U.S. government. And the the general freaks the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And he is livid because, like, obviously that means that he won't be, like, able to be a tyrant anymore. Right. And, like, live this weird only... Only the tri-state area of Oregon that he, yeah, like, he reigns wants over. To be, he is going to be the next Alexander the Great. <laughs> and, like, if there's a United States government coming up, it's going to be challenging for him. Yeah. Because he used to just sell copiers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fact. That's fact. I've done a lot the, of silliness, but that's a fact. That is a fact. In That's canon in the film that the general used to be a copy salesman. Um Copier sales. I like that we're referring to this as canon because this is like a Marvel film. Um, the general, and then like, and then they talk about the postman that visited them, and so he makes it his mission to go after yeah. him. And they take Abby with her. Right. He asks the sheriff, "Which way did he go?" And the sheriff boldly goes east. When they know <laughs> that he went west, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "Send a man east." And then three more, north, south, and west. And I'm just like, if that was a plan anyways, <laughs> why did you ask? Why did you ask? If you have the resources to send three, four patrols out, why even ask? You're asking just to be an asshole, which is like, we better. F and then he goes, we better find him east. So we go into Benning. And the postman is And this paying. is where the movie really starts to drag out, guys. So if you think this is the part where it's really going to kick off, just Keeps going at the <laughs> steady pace it's been going this whole time. Um, and uh, so we're at Benning Settlement. The postman is passing out mail. Like, everybody has mail. Yeah. Like, everybody in that fucking town has mail. Benning was not as skeptical as Pineview. No. Benning is like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I have been waiting on the mail for a decade. A decade. I've been, I got a Sports Illustrated coming to me. I paid $9.99 for the year and I've seen not one magazine. No, no. And then um, it just so happens the militia shows up. Mm -hmm. Like all of the militia. And Yeah, um, that's where the general goes. The general's yeah. like, well, I'm going to go west. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and then the people at the gate of Benning they are like, fuck no, you guys cannot yeah, come in. It's like two doofuses who are like, no, the U.S. Postal <laughs> Service has been reinstated. 
No. <laughs> like, so the sign that the U.S. government is in working condition is the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah. That's the first sign that we're, they're going to get. Right? Which is, I feel like that was something really working against this movie. Like, in the post-apocalypse, in the post-apocalypse, I feel like I'm saying that word yes. weird. No, I think you're right. That's how you say it. Uh-huh. In the apocalypse. In the post-apocalypse. <laughs> in the apocalypse. After the apocalypse. Yes. If the post office, if the post worker it's too much were to post. Sh- it's a, fuck, it's a lot of post. The mailman post, the mailman were to show up at my door. Yes. And be like, everything's gonna be okay. I was gonna be like, Oh, is the army out there with you? <laughs> yeah. No. It's no. just me. Yeah. Oh, do you have a gun? No. I got a bag of mail. Uh <laughs> do you have anything else at all? No. Just some mail and hope. Okay. Well, you're crazy. So I'm going to shut the door and try not to get eaten by cannibals. <laughs> so at this point, I wrote in my notes, it's our one hour and 30 minutes into the film and I'm dying. And is the length of a film at this point. <laughs> yes. No, it is. We're not at the end, my friends. We're halfway through. And guys, she's dying. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> wondering what's going to happen next. Feeling like I'm in this post post-apocalyptic you did drink world. three cups of coffee so yeah so maybe that helped you kind of that's an easy day for push me. push through the hour and a half of sitting there probably so uh the town of benning decides that you know what let's make this postman like the 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 representative of yeah, our town this is gonna be a big challenge like I got this is I literally was on the edge of my seat where they're like he's like where they're like we can't fight him we have like six bullets between us all mm-hmm. and they have a whole army outside and then the postman's like negotiate and they're like great idea you negotiate <laughs> <laughs> and so they send him out there and I'm on the edge of my seat like well, they're going to recognize him. Yeah. Is that yeah. where you're going right yes. now? Yes. They, like, the general's like, do I know you? Yeah. And it's, the whole time I was like, why wouldn't you recognize him? He looks him? the same. <laughs> it has maybe been three days. Yes. It's been, we don't know how, how many days, but it feels like it's only been three days. Yes. So, like, it. All he has done is shave yeah, at this like, point. And he, Kevin Costner's a super distinguished person. He's someone, if you see him at the grocery store, you go, holy shit, that's Kevin Costner. Yeah. And. So I was like, he, and also he was the quote unquote perfect specimen. So why wouldn't the general notice? They had multiple meetings and like they had a Shakespeare off. Like they looked each other in the eye and had multiple conversations. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was distressing that this general was such an idiot. And so they like, they decide to fire on the settlement anyways and start shooting the whole place up. Well, because the, the big the big hole in the plan is that they have no nothing to negotiate with. Yeah, yeah. And the general, look, Mary likes him because Mary Mary likes, you know, neo-Nazis. Oh, no. yes. uh, oh God. No, I don't. I don't. But he does have a point when he says they have nothing to negotiate <laughs> yes, with because no, they don't. They don't. And so they start firing and, like, uh, Kevin Costner is about to be killed, but then... Abby saves him. Is a fucking sharpshooter. Yeah, she. I was like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? First shot, bullet to the head. Also, we got to talk about how Abby escaped. Abby's in a tent by herself. Uh-huh. She's handcuffed. I think so. Or I don't think she is. Wait, no, she's just loose. She's just loose, and there's a guard outside who's making sure she doesn't leave the tent. Yeah, because is... I think she's like smack, like hits him in the head with like a loose, like full, like yeah. wooden she, thing. She like breaks a cot 
and yeah. then she sees the shadow of the guard through the tent and smacks him through the yes. tent. He falls at her feet, yes. and the gun is there. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's not really working, and you can feel Kevin Costner's like, "Look, I have eighty million dollars <laughs> and a lot of people outside. Just hit him in the head. Just hit him." So Abby saves him. They run away to the mountains, and all the militia's just chasing after him. And then, like, they kind of stop, and like, oh, and. Kevin Costner's been shot. He's like bleeding. He's been shot. He's bleeding, and she's like, she like they hide out in these like this middle of like all these uh, trees, and like the, the horse like kind of makes this loud noise, and like the scout comes towards them, and then like the patrol is at their like escapes in this movie don't work like no. in most movies. In most movies, when they escape. Ten seconds go by and they're in the clear. In yeah. this movie, they are on their heels at all times. Kevin Costner jumps off a bridge into running water. And within two seconds, there's people that didn't even jump off the bridge down there with him. Yeah. And I don't understand that <laughs> logic at all. No, nothing, like the time, nothing works in this movie. Everything um, works in this movie. It's just you have to suspend <laughs> some belief a little bit and put logic aside for and, joy. And so they murder this scout and then take all his shit. And then that is the end of part one. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, so we Does the postman die? I don't know. Does he? Do you have the mumps? You should get it if you don't like the way you look. <laughs> Join us next time on In a World where we talk about bomb movies. We're at the point where we usually do like trailers. But since we're only halfway through the film, I wouldn't feel comfortable to do the whole our trailers. So we're getting to here. And uh, do you have anything to plug, Drew? Uh, just follow me on social media at Drew Hellenthal. Um, watch this really good movie on Netflix called Oh No. If he says The oh. Postman, I'm going to be oh, very no. mad. <laughs> well, watch The Postman if you haven't watched The Postman. No, watch this movie called Someone Great. Uh, it was directed by a lady whose TV show I was on, uh, and she's really awesome, and she makes really good stuff, so go watch that movie. Yes. It was a great movie. I Someone thought. Great? You yeah, liked it? Yeah, Jim's I liked awesome. It. I liked it. Um, and you can follow me at Mary HB Win at that's Mary HB Win N G U I N on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and then you can follow In a World podcast at all social media, and also like and subscribe, rate, review. I probably won't read any of it because I don't like that's that incentive. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's that's us. Comment if you have the mumps currently, <laughs> and I'll reach out. Okay, bye. In a world.